suffering, rejection, death, crosses. Lent is so much fun, isn't it? This text is jarring, this gospel text, and it would have been a thousand times more jarring for the disciples and the crowd. Peter had just proclaimed Jesus the Messiah. And in first century Palestine, the Messiah was most often described as the one that was coming to lead a military triumph against the Roman occupation. They would be the one to restore the divinic, the David monarchy to its former glory. Naming Jesus the Messiah was a rallying cry, a gathering of troops. And yet this is Jesus' acceptance speech. No wonder Peter attempts to pull him aside. Because the optics Jesus describes do not look good. No one's going to want to follow this rabbi. Why would anyone want to follow their leader into suffering, rejection, and death? We already have enough of that, thank you very much. The phrase, take up your cross, is probably too familiar to our Christian ears. We bounce this around to talk about our hardships. Oh, this is my cross to bear, naming most often people like our mother-in-law. Or maybe that pesky neighbor. (laughs) And we hang crosses on our necks and we put them in our living rooms and in our churches. But for the crowds and the disciples, the cross was something to avoid at all costs. This was a torture device meant to strike fear and terror for an occupied people. A military leader would say, vanquish your enemies. But here Jesus announces, take up your cross. And his confounded, terrified, and disappointed disciples, theologians, and people of faith ever since. A few myths that are important to debunk here. We are not Jesus. We are not called or asked by Jesus to suffer and die as he will and does. We are not called to seek out suffering or martyrdom as a way to get closer to God or to better know Jesus. God does not condone violence as a path to redemption. Suffering does not save us. God saves us. Thanks, buddy. And as one commentary reminded me this week, one of the things that God saves us from is our violent ways, including our destructive ideas about the redemptive powers of violence and suffering. God does not want us to prolong or pursue suffering. Rather, we are called to alleviate suffering wherever possible, especially for our neighbors. We're called to be healers. Repairers of the breach. God invites us to be co-workers in this deeper peace. In the Jewish tradition, this is called tikkun olam. Repairers of the world. Together, we build this shalom, this God's peace for every living thing. When Jesus invites us to take up the cross and follow him, I think he's inviting us into brave space. 
to see our life for what it really is. And some of life is suffering. And follow him into honest relationships with ourselves and with our neighbors. If suffering and death is a part of life anyway, why not lean into a way of life that is really life, so that there may be abundant life for every living thing? Because we know that suffering, rejection, and death is not all that there is. But Jesus also says today, after three days, I will rise again. Suffering, rejection, and death do not get the final word. Christ does. Resurrection will come. And so why not be courageous in the meantime? Let me pull this out of the abstract and back into real life for a moment. The story that has kept coming back to me this week is from the Barbie movie. And I know, I know, I'm really sorry. I've used two Barbie movie references in the span of two weeks. (sighs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. But there's this scene in the Barbie movie where all the Kens have taken over Barbie land. And stereotypical Barbie is overwhelmed by it all. And so she lies face down in the grass. Kind of like what Abraham does after God says, I'm going to make numerous nations out of you, even though you're a hundred. Anyway, she is lamenting that she is only stereotypical Barbie and everything stinks. And she's just going to wait here, lying down in the grass, until a more brave and competent Barbie comes along to fix things. And then the movie ends. Just kidding. Now, of course it doesn't. She realizes that there is no one else, right? And that stereotypical Barbie is the one she's been waiting for. Similarly, in real life, there are no superhumans. Those people that we often venerate as saints and heroes are 99.9% of the time mostly ordinary people who decide in one moment to make a choice to be brave and courageous, to speak up. And this sparks a chain reaction, a wake-up call, a ripple effect, and maybe even a revolution. Martin Luther says, here I stand. Rosa Parks says, I will not move. When Gary Massai says, We need trees. Perhaps this week we even add Alexei Navalny to this list. My heart has been really heavy this week when I read what happened in a high school bathroom in Oklahoma where a 16-year-old non-binary student was bullied and beaten so badly that they died. Next, was their name. And I wonder what would have happened if someone had spoken up. If someone had said, enough. It is not easy to be brave. To speak up, especially when there could be repercussions or consequences. And yet Jesus reminds us today 
For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? I wonder that in these moments of bravery and honesty, as we pick up the cross, wonder if Christ becomes more visible for us. On Ash Wednesday a few weeks ago, we put these ash crosses on our foreheads as a reminder that life is short, that we are made from dust, and someday we will return to dust again. And in this in-between time, we ask for God's mercy as we confess all the ways we fall short from the way of life that God intends. Pride and envy and apathy, exploitation of other people, neglect of human need and suffering, our own indifference to injustice and cruelty. Really, the whole service is about picking up the cross, isn't it? the naming of reality through our songs and scriptures and rituals. And yet, I've been a Lutheran most of my life, and I cannot even tell you the amount of Ash Wednesday services I have been to and led, but I never noticed until this week that we end this service of ashes and dust and mortality with a benediction about courage. And so I want to share it with you again. Dear ones, may you remember that in the midst of great suffering, rejection, and death, in the midst of sin, and all the things we face, as we pick up these crosses in our life, God goes with us. And resurrection will meet us on the other side. So receive this benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all people. Love and serve God. Rejoicing that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen. Thanks be to God.